The following podcast is brought to you by the Ebb Tide Treatment Center. Many people wrestle with addiction. You don't have to. Reach out to the Ebb Tide Treatment Center, where they wish to empower each individual encountered with the support, hope, and tools required for long-term sobriety. Priding themselves on providing the best possible treatment experience for you and your loved ones based on unique needs. They're committed to breaking the stigma that plagues those suffering with addiction and their families by educating and bringing awareness to the community. The Ebb Tide Treatment Center provides individual and group therapy, multiple recovery pathways for support, evidence-based clinical support, integrated aftercare social reintegration, personalized treatment planning, program addressing whole life health and Vivitrol program all available. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, reach out to them at ebbtidetc.com or call 844 430 Four three five seven. Hello once again, everybody, and welcome to AIW's The Card is Going to Change. As always, before we get started with our show, brought to you each and every week for free, we want to thank the sponsors that help us do that. Thanks to Angelo's Pizza, who feeds us here while we record these episodes, and of course feeds all of you when we are at the live events at Mount Carmel. If you want to try Angelo's Pizza and you're not at one of the live events, or you want to try something other than their award-winning pizza, head to Angelo's on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. Of course, thanks to Smartmark Video, who handles all of our video needs. They're there to record all the events, so that if you can't make it or you want to relive the live event that you attended, you can do that by purchasing a video for digital download streaming or DVD at smartmarkvideo.com. And of course, as always, thanks to Jack Prince, who helps us look legit to you. When we've got the AIW apparel, you can wear the t-shirts. They help us with flyers. They help us with banners. They can do all of that for you, as well as coming up with any sort of graphic design or logos that you need. Check out their catalog and so much more at jackprince.com. That's J-A-K Prince.com. Yeah, so that voice that you just heard right there, uh, none other. We teased this last week. It is his big return. It's EFW's final pinfall, uh, <laughs> The Duke. Did you uh, did you listen? You, anything you got to gotta say okay, for yourself? Okay, first of all, your, I, I, na- your name was The Duke in EFW, right? Um, no, no, it was Crawford no. J. Masters. Oh, yeah, that's I, was right. like, I know it wasn't, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Uh, no, I do have a couple things. First of all, yes, I was pinned by uh, Mortimer P. Flanagan uh, <laughs> on the on the final show because, as I've said many times, I will do anything for the good of the company. Second rope frog splash. So I, I laid down. I laid down for Morty P. Uh, on the I think, last show. I think we need to clarify that as Matt Wadsworth's former yes. former name. Yes. Uh, Crawford J. Kincaid. How did no, I forget? Cro- Crawford J. Masters. J. Masters. Yeah. And then... Uh, oh, we'll get to what your Kincaid switch later. Oh, yeah. And then uh, uh, the thing about uh, my tryout in Sandusky, that tryout was uh, work. Uh, oh, 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 I was, sure it was. I don't even know about this. I was asked to... Uh, I was told to go... They were. You guys were having a tryout, and I was coming to the show anyway, because at that time I was hanging out with you guys. And uh, they're like, "We'll do the tryout," and I because I don't think I paid for it. They're like, "Do the tryout." Oh yeah, we charged. For and these then, um, 
I'm charging uh, for everything. Pretend that you, because they had this this girl there, or woman or lady, whatever you want to call her, that ran. Oh, she was like man. the sponsor. Uh, she sponsored the the place. I can't she, like. I can't. Her I name can't, was Tammy. Tammy, Tammy the, the rodeo, rodeo princess. Queen. Yeah, Tam- rodeo princess. <laughs> Tammy. She, was, she had not yet made it to queen. She had uh, ascended yeah. to she, the throne. No, she was the rodeo princess. I forget where Tammy the rodeo princess came from, but this lady had some money, dude. I don't remember where she came from either, but yeah, she had like the. She wanted to make. She was like all the production. That's what she did. She was an investor. Did she have Duke twelve seventy nine money? She did not. <laughs> and of course, neither did Duke twelve seventy nine back then. Um, but she, uh, she brought in like stage, like legit, like like union workers, like staging stage hands, and like rented us like fucking Monday Night Raw. Like yeah, because this this was at the Armory in Sandusky, and you guys, I don't know if you remember, you had you guys had like an entrance where. Uh, you back the truck like right up to the to the garage door, and the stage was set. You guys like walked out of the yeah. It was like of the truck down this ramp. It was some people like yeah. this lady hired. It was like a legit staging company with like a truck that turned into a stage that yeah, backed it, it into the building. And it Somebody like, just referenced that to me at the last show. Oh, really? No reason. Yeah, cool as ice. I forget who it was, but we were we were talking about that. I don't know who would know that? I don't know. <laughs> but but anyway, everybody that was. In EFW management at the time, I don't know if that includes you guys or not, but they I was, all, I was in. They all was hate, in the they all hated her. So they're like, "Come to the tryout, do the tryout." But then when you watch the show, sit in the back, like bring nice clothes and sit in the back and bring a notepad and pretend like you're scouting all the matches because they wanted to make it look like I was going to buy the company, so she would get freaked out and either i don't know if the plan was to get rid of her or was to get have, her to dump more money get her to dump more money into it it was one or the it's other definitely yeah. to get her to dump yeah more money. I, 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 I forget exactly it was what to it get was, her to dump more money the whole thing was an elaborate ruse on uh tammy the rodeo uh princess <laughs> so you, you didn't really have to try out is no, that what you're saying not. oh okay of course not. i see was, i mean this is a long time ago i forgot Crawford well this pastors. is what this is what happens when i'm actually in the room see when i'm not in the room <laughs> things I remembered much much differently than when I'm actually in in the room. I'm happy. Listening. I'm happy you were here to remind me about Tammy the Rodeo Princess. Yeah. That is a that is a blast from the past. Well, so that her, voice. Her only oh. stipulation was that she had to appear on the events. Yes, that voice that you heard, of course, obviously, as you know, was the Duke. My name is Steve Guy, your moderator of sorts. We also have heard and are joined by Mortimer P. Flanagan. <laughs> Uh, as you may know him now, as the president of AIW, Matt Wadsworth, and uh, the man formerly known as Sexual Voltron. That was my name in EFW. <laughs> AIW owner, John Thorne. Because I... It makes, I don't think I remember ever his name being in EFW was the Meanies. <laughs> well, that was the, but that was the, the nickname Oh, yeah, but that was the, the that was the only oh. thing I ever knew him by, because when I was there, he never wrestled. So. I attempted to do some research before and after last week's show, and previously I had said I found the Angel Fire website, but then... Now I found this found this YouTube video of young John Thorne, sexual Voltron, in a blue suit and a black top hat. That's right. <laughs> Nothing says sexuality like a blue suit and a black top hat. Hey, man, hat. it was the 90s. It was Not in. sure what kind of sexuality, but it's Well, sexuality. it's Voltron, man. I was a Voltron. It all comes together. I'm not like, like a... Were you the leg? Were you the right arm? Yeah, no, he was the combined. Oh, he was the, the he power was of Voltron. Voltron. Okay. You were everything. I, I had sexual powers of a Voltron. Everyone's sexual powers came to me. Oh, good for you. Because <laughs> it was... A, a combination of all their specialties. Yeah, they, all these EFW guys said they had sexual powers, and then they just taught me all this bad stuff to be a bad human. And they said all of their poor sexual powers were going to be inherited by me in my impressionable teenage 
15 year old self okay wow all right that's more backstory than i think anybody wanted but okay that's and that video the raptor was in that video i believe yes yes the raptor was uh he was a guy that promised us a free wrestling ring and he had a sex slave Oh, no, that's Shock Solomon who had the sex. Oh, slave. that was a different person. That was okay. along with the sexual Voltron. Yes. Yeah, the guys the guys he was talking to. Who was oh, always talking to that. the Raptor in there. Yeah. Jay, Shock Solomon. No, the sex was, I don't remember. We the... have no idea. Oh, I couldn't no, figure it out. Yeah, no. we, have, oh, okay. we could not okay. figure out. It had to be, I'm sure it was someone's cousin or sister or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some girl from a local bar. Or, yeah, some, some girl. Or high school, I mean, probably in those days. <laughs> but, I have a nice uh, segue for that when we actually get to the other stuff. But, uh, sex slaves. But uh, so, yeah, these guys in the video, the Raptor, they were these guys that would come to EFW shows as fans, and they all had championship belts, and they, they would paint their faces and stuff, and uh, they said that they would give us a free wrestling ring, and they would build us an Inferno match. They said that they could make, they could, <laughs> they, they could, they could, for 60 bucks, that they could, they could get together an Inferno match which, for us. Which has got to be safe. Uh, well, for you know, sixty bucks, sixty you're bucks, yeah. you're not it's only paying for the end. flames; you're paying for safety. Right, but, absolutely. But yeah. the only stipulation was is uh, we had to give their uh, wrestling company, I forget what it was called, one match on every EFW show as like uh, it was kind of like a like an infomercial for their backyard wrestling fed. And uh, the thing about them was though is they would not pick a winner before they went to the ring. Uh, they would just decide who was doing better as the match went on, and that's how they would decide who was who was going to win. Who would decide? Though? Yeah, like based on I, like if you and I are wrestling, you're going to think you're doing better, and I'm going to think I'm. I doing guess better. they were just had an understanding based I, on fan reaction. They, they set the egos to the side for the better of the match. Is it based on fan reaction that they knew they were doing better? No, or not? I think it was based on their own like, oh, I'm doing cooler stuff. Their power meters. Whoever had more health, yeah. on their bar. As well, the let's be honest. These were the same guys who I believe. Uh, their description was the about what peyote and howling at the moon. Oh yeah, and uh, so one guy was just named the burn guy because uh, he was he was excessively burned, and that's what his wrestling name was: the burned man, the burn guy. And he's the one who probably burned wanted man? to put on the pyro match for sixty dollars. That's probably how they figured out that they can put one together for sixty bucks. He was the result of the one that was for forty dollars, and they're like, you know what, we need a little <laughs> bit more safety. Master. He was the ma- like, we need a little more safety. You know, an extra twenty dollars will help this. He was the, the inferno master. The nineties, wow, nineties, bring them back. So, uh, if you listen to the EFW episode there and the EIW, so much more. Uh, we told you now we are going to the next one. You guys took some time off to get trained, yeah, and this would lead us down the road to CCW. Well, in well the, I wouldn't just gloss over all that. I mean, there's there's stuff there. Yeah, well, there's some I mean, in between. Well, it it yeah, I think well, so. The, I mean, the the training because I you think it's it's I think maybe it's who was doing the of training? the people of the people that were in EFW when it closed. Yeah, who actually showed up to the training? Is, was a v- actually, very smaller number when we actually yeah. started training. Yeah. I mean, how many would you say? Ten, maybe not even. And how many guys were working EFW? Uh, there were definitely a lot more. Well, when I was there, <laughs> really? probably thirty. Yeah, EFW probably. They had, had enough 30. to do a a, row, a thirty man Royal Rumble, so <laughs> okay, 30. yeah, with weapons, of course. Oh, EC three, I think, appeared on the on the final EFW show. The you, final show? Yeah, because they did like a big battle royal of like sixty people of, of different. Oh, yeah, it was a bunch of. Some of it was people from the past, and some of it, I'm sure, was whatever backyarders they could. So, do yeah, you guys go it. to a, an actual training school? No, here's or where just we go. Here's where, well, here, here's, here's, I'll give you my version of events. So, John Rotten calls me one day 
and he says, hey, I'm going to do this wrestling school. I'm going to put together this wrestling school. I think we should get trained and I'm going to, and we're going to run shows and blah, blah, blah. He's like, do you want, do you want to train? And I was like, yeah, okay. Uh, so I'm like, where is it? So I forget where he got the ring from. I think he got, did he get from high spots? No. Uh, so I was, was kind of, was it samples? Yeah. So I guess before, before you, no, it wasn't Mike samples either. Before oh. you kind of get to that point, like, Instead of getting trained by GT Lightning, which is where everybody got trained, we always wanted to be different and do things our own way. Uh, so we sold JT Lightning the EFW ring, and with that money, we went and bought a brand new ring, that which nobody knew about at this place now that's not around anymore. It was called like ProWrestlings.Rings.com or something. It was in like Streetsboro, Ohio. Uh, and then from there, we start looking for places that are gonna allow us to actually rent space to to have a wrestling school and we discovered this place it was called parma courts it was a racquetball court it was like, a rack it was a racquetball club you know if you've ever <laughs> been to like the back wall the old back wall in westlake or whatever they had like four or five racquetball courts they had the most 1960s bootleg workout equipment upstairs like upstairs yeah it was like a gym and awesome uh, and yeah. And then I don't know if they had anything else besides the racquetball courts. They had like a they had like a bar, like they had a liquor. Oh yeah, it had had like well because when you get done playing racquetball, you sure you gotta have a drink. Yeah, Um, and uh, so they let us, which made it the perfect place for our group of people. Yeah, they let us rent one of the courts out, and the ring actually fit like perfectly into the court with maybe like a foot of space on 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 the sides. So you had plenty of room in the front, some room in the back, depending on where you set it up. Right. And you had just enough room on the sides to kind of squeeze by and use the ropes and stuff like that. But it, it fit in there. But the problem was, every class we had to set it up and tear it down, and then tear it down. Really? Yeah. yeah. Because those racquetballs. For a while. So you only were able to rent the space for like that day's usage. Well, we had a we couple had, days we had, a like, week. Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah, it was a couple had. days a week. Okay. Yeah. And they would let us store the ring there and. Uh, in a closet space, but we would just have to set it up and tear it down. Which sounds shitty, but there was, t- you know, ten or twelve people there. It was a fairly usually. quick process. So it, went, okay. it went pretty quick. It took about a half hour, um, and it was pretty easy to set up for the most part. But eventually, we got to the point where people stopped playing racquetball. So she's like, "You can just leave it up." But so we got to leave it. Well, up. and I didn't train. Because I, you know, when the time came up, I said, it's a waste of my money. I knew I was too small, too out of shape. That second rope frog splash was enough. You didn't want me to get my win back. I wasn't giving it back. Yeah, that's all. But so... Are we still Absolution 13 right now? (laughs) Still investing, essentially. Uh, It was still part of it. So I would come, set up a camera, film the training sessions. So while I was upstairs filming them training down one of the uh one of the members of this racquetball club would frequently stop by to chat me up because he had a son who was training to be a professional wrestler at the time out in california wow uh this would be george mizanin better known as (laughs) mike the miz's dad would frequently tell me all about the miz's training out in california and i used to go to George Mazanin's ex-wives, Mr. Hero, in North Olmsted, because there's pictures of Mike all over the place on the bulletin board in that in that joint. I even forgot that we had the Miz booked straight, in EFW. straight off a of real world 
because he was a Rob Lover of RL Video Fame's best friend in in middle school, and we had him booked. And Miz came to EFW shows, and he was going to wrestle for the first time before being trained. And then he got cold feet, and I think actually moved to California. Yeah, he went of out doing to California. It. Was training out there. So yeah, I used to. Uh, the Miz's dad used to talk my ear off while these guys were down there training. Do you still have those tapes somewhere? I don't. I think I gave them to to probably John, so you guys could watch Man. them back afterwards. To so see. anyone could find John Rotten, he's probably got a gold mine of footage somewhere. So yeah. who trained John Rotten that he decides he's going to train? No, he, John, he didn't train. No, he John was training. Was alongside. he the one that knew? No, no I did. He you did. knew Lou. Yeah, Lou. Okay. Lou Marconi. Back to uh, that. Back to that SCP mayhem. between SCP and and he was actually a couple years younger than my sister and went to the same school. Okay. So I I knew him when he was. I mean, I remember when I was in high school. I was a little kid, and we'd talk about wrestling. Right, and he was essentially a pre-internet smart mark, and I was this little kid that was crazy about wrestling. They would talk to him about it, um, so I had a connection to him and and got in touch with him. But do you remember who almost was the trainer at one point? Uh, there was a couple almost trainers. So we started, so we started trying to find our own trainer. Um, so at one point, it was going to be Chris Hamrick, but he needed to move in with somebody in which none of us, except for the Duke, were living outside of our parents' house. <laughs> and I was never advised of this, and I most definitely would have said no. Um, so, like, <laughs> at one point, Chris Hamrick said he would come train us if he could find a place to live, like, if people would go in on rent with him, which that was, like, out of the question for the majority of us. Yeah, and uh, Duke didn't want to give up that bathroom pad. At one point... I had talked to Chris Chetty on the phone in which he lived in New York and was not interested in relocating, but he said that he wouldn't, he wouldn't be opposed to coming in for like a week at a time and like showing us stuff. Uh, but that just didn't seem feasible for a while, you know, like for what we wanted to do and how we were trying to kind of expedite the process. Uh, then negotiations, negotiations got really, really close to WCW star Queewee. That's the one that I remember. Training okay. us. Um, was that right when he got hurt? No. So this is right off of WCW. Uh, he was... Like was, right when WCW got bought? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like there was some website where it would just ha- that would just have people's booking information listed, and I was just email all of them, and then they would call. And I still have Queewee's phone number to this day from... That time period. Yeah, because we started training in 2002. Yeah. Okay. But I somehow, like, I've lost so many phone numbers. I somehow, Kiwi's phone number has made it through all of my phones somehow, and I still have it, and it work, It has to have work as Worldwide of a couple... Worldwide go on, like, a Tinder date with him or something? Is at, that why you still have it? As of a couple of years ago, because oh, Chandler man. Biggins prank called him once, uh, and it still worked. But, uh, so, it was really close to being Kiwi because he was f- actually from Alliance, Ohio. Uh, so, you know, that was... You know, that was close. And then we eventually decide that, you know, based on all the financial obligations involved with renting this racquetball court, and then we were going to have to pay a trainer that Lou Marconi was going to be our best option because he was local. And he, at that time, had like name, some name value, like some clout on the he independent. Had some, but he, he was never, if you only followed Cleveland Independent Wrestling, you didn't know a ton about him because he, he never really caught on here. But he was big in Pittsburgh at the time okay. with uh, with Steel City. 
Yeah, and like other places and like Philly and stuff like that. So he eventually trains us, but and the, he even had a small ECW run actually. But the the catch is is he is injured, so he can't really get in with us. He can't go uh, in and bump. But I guess we'll go back to the Duke. You know, you tell your your side of things or whatever. Well, no. So he's like, do you want do you want to train? I said, sure, absolutely. As what you know, what's the deal? And I don't remember what the cost was. And it was cheaper if it you was, were an EFW. Yeah, the yeah. EFW yeah. alum, it got cut um, in half. It was like fifty bucks, I think. And it was uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays at this racquetball joint. So, like, okay, so we go, and I didn't know who Lou, Lou Marconi was from Adam, and uh, so I'm there. Thorns there. Rob Lovers there. Uh, Mike John, Stryker's Mike there. Stryker. Uh, John Rotten's there. Uh, Shock Solomon's there. Mast Fish is there. The Thrillbilly. The Thrillbilly thrill is there. Thomas uh, Von. Thomas Eric. Von Eric is there. The Pretty Boy. Pre- yeah, Pretty Boy was there. Uh, the so, Butcher started. Yeah, from Revelation yeah, he thirteen, was, but he didn't. He, he was didn't there. Finish. Yeah, he was and there. Leviticus was there. Oh man, I forgot about that. Uh, so it's like a ten or twelve. Okay. You know. So enough. Bill, Bill uh, Hall. Bill Hall was there. Yeah, enough that it was a decent class. Yeah, I forgot you know. Leviticus was a, was trained. Well, I wonder what yeah. happened to that. That's guy. a solid amount of people to like to learn with and yeah, kind of train and partner then, up with. Then Carrie was there. Oh yeah, Carrie. The we had one girl that was there. Um, Who, she wasn't from EFW. She just wanted to do it. She'd um, been around EFW. Yeah, she'd been around it. So, I mean, the training itself, uh, you know, it was real. Having watched. Some of the AIW training classes, some of the other other training classes, it was way too easy. <laughs> uh, yeah, like he, he did not he did not push us. There okay. wasn't any kind of conditioning. We or, learned stuff. Yeah, I mean, clearly, obviously, we've learned. You know, we've learned. I can tell things. you which way your feet are supposed to go. Yeah, we've on learned a headlock. Things, I know that much. But he didn't really like. You watch the kids at the AIW school; they go for like an hour and a half before they actually, you know, wrestle. Yeah. Right. Right. And yeah, we, when when I when I when you know not to f- jump ahead, but when the AW school opened and Johnny comes up with just this how they open, and I go, dude, like this, like if this was not part of my training. It was like <laughs> no, every time I went, I was like, because I would go with you know thinking, okay, like I'd go to the to their school and I'd be like, oh, right, maybe I'll get in there and roll around a little bit and you know do some things, and they're doing all this shit, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to stretch for a couple more minutes. I'm not loose enough. I'm old, so I'm not loose yet, which is not a lie, but, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna loosen up a little bit more. And then once they started, like, I would do, like, one drill, and then I'd be like, all right, I'm good. I'll, I'll jump in sometime later, you know. Yeah, it's nuts. But the CCW school was, like, different. It was, like, a lot of, like, just bump, 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 bump. Yeah, bumps. It was headlocks. Yeah, just we bases. learned how to do... Things we 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 are anyone that was there for the entire length of time is a professionally trained wrestler. They're just maybe not in training methods have advanced. Yeah, yeah. a lot. You weren't since doing then. a lot of the conditioning aspects. No, and I'm, and I'm I mean, being rolling honest, and you know, rolling. I, I yeah, can, I can sugarcoat it, but it's the truth. You it know? was a lot of this. Is how you're going to put a head a guy in a headlock? You should be facing this we way. Were, this we is were, a lockup. Yeah, it's ba- like yeah. real basic stuff. We yeah, learned all those things. We learned the you know the holds and and, and reversals, and we learned. Uh, certain certain spots, certain bumps. We we did everything, you know. We just yeah. didn't do it as vehemently, maybe as okay. some other All schools right. might do it. Yeah, it wasn't as militant, I guess. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> I don't even yell at people. I yeah. seem to remember yeah. feet being wrong in the headlocks, oh, setting him off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody's got a line, Flanagan. But, yeah. you know, I mean, so I guess that just kind of is like, that kind of just shows what was always kind of instilled in probably this whole group of uh, AIW misfits that were, there's very, very few of us left from that era, but we always wanted to do do it our way instead of like and make create our own thing yeah rather than like joining up with an existing thing uh so we just we created our own wrestling school and you know the went out and found someone to you know a yeah, trained wrestler to like, train him like we did it we did it all on our own you know what i mean like it wasn't right. like hey like we're gonna train ourselves like we went and we hired a guy like we had to pay him like weekly yeah he got yeah. like a percentage basically of what came in off of the training well, you had a little bit, thankfully, for profit, due to the fact that you weren't shelling out, you know, all that well, all that money for the shows, thanks to Tammy the Rodeo Princess. Well, no, this is she this was is gone. Yeah, she we was gone. Running at all? I, that's that's what I'm saying. Well, she, yeah. she paid for all that stuff. Oh, John, yeah. John, yeah. John, your pocket. <laughs> John Rotten was probably rolling in cash. Like, yeah. But uh, you know, so there's some things that I don't think we can even say allegedly at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we'll just leave it at that. It's What's up, everybody? Alex Worldwide Keller here to tell you all about at Thrift Store Jobber on Instagram and the shirt he has for you this week. You guys really ought to give yourself a hand because it is Sexual Chocolate Mark Henry. That's right. On the front, we got a nice Sexual Chocolate wrapper with a little nibble taken out. And on the back, we got the Nutrition Facts. And did you know that there are 100 grams of protein in Mark Henry? I think there's more than 100 grams of protein, but that's what it says on the shirt. And you can find that shirt at Thrift Store Jobber on Instagram, Etsy, eBay. Use promo code WORLDWIDE to get 10% off any order and find out. Oh, hubba hubba. I got to go to the bathroom, guys. I'll see you later. So how long do you guys? Uh, we trained for one year. Okay. No, that's not. No, even it was true. six that's months. A lie. Six months. I to thought the it was one year. I started. I think I started. We started in, in October. O- no, we started in. Uh, no, no. I started in October. Oh, you said. And I was maybe a month behind. Yeah, okay. I, I think we started. I think we started it was six months to the first. Well, show. the first show was March seventh, two thousand and three, because that was the name of the show. The creatively named three seven zero three. Uh, so I, I think that. I think we start. So. I think we start September of 2002 training then. Okay. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a solid six months of training uh, leading up to that first Which, show. Which, again, probably isn't enough, but the way the show was set up... You were the only guy that worked with a vet... Uh, old, no. Well, no, because the original lineup did have a bunch of... Veterans? ...of trainees working each other, and to his credit, Lou said, I don't think that's a good idea. Mix them in with veterans. Mix them in with the veterans you're booking. Yeah. So it was a lot of... Like, there I was, was the a, only one that worked... Probably a, singles. A true veteran I don't that had been I, around for a long, long time. I don't even remember who well, I was. No, like I think JT, I wrestled John Rotten. JT and... Well, and, there was like a, a six-man or a ten-man. Wait, didn't... didn't um, that's late. That, was that late. wasn't when the ring broke, was it? When, when oh, yeah, that's the first show. The, yeah, so, okay, I guess what... Because we'll, that, was, that was JT and Dave and Fab? Maybe. Against, Probably, because he was on... McChesney was on those shows. Billy, uh, or whatever his name was then, I forget. Um... 
Well, because we all had different. I think he was yeah, always the thrill bully. I don't, I don't know. Think he was. No, everyone had different names. We all had different because names. we were going to cut ties as much as possible. We were going to be straight. We were going to do things the yeah, right was, way. So, so, yeah, so we wouldn't. So you had you had Seamus O'Reilly. You had the email the email PC, PC lover. lover. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess is that you? Yeah. <laughs> so I guess before you know, like we'll 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 jump into this. Is we knew that we were always going to run a show. We knew that, like you know all. We didn't let anybody know that we were training or anything. It was like this big secret locally. Right. But we always knew that we were going to run a show, and it was going to be like, you know, I think, as far as I know, at, at the start at least, the owners were me, Duke, and John Rotten. We were going to own this company as a as a trio. I think I had, and I and, was in on that. Yeah. And and uh, Mortimer P was in on it. So those were the four <laughs> guys. We were we were in as the owners of this new wrestling promotion, uh, and then you know we had set up a show and, and and all this stuff and you know fucking we hadn't we hadn't at this point you know it's probably it's probably close to a year since the last DFW show whenever we we plan to do this uh, and we decide that we're gonna add production we had video screens and stuff in like two thousand three went out and filmed oh yeah like, everybody filmed a uh, vignette vignette for, for what yeah. they were doing I remember uh, you guys went to the Castle Bar that I don't even know if it, it was called O'Reilly's yeah, yeah it was, was called O'Reilly's and he was Seamus O'Reilly Thrill Bailey was walking the railroad tracks yeah that was his you had uh, my, my, Stryker and John had the 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 low angle shot with the term- twin tower the terminal tower behind if somebody them. was at the cemetery. Uh, oh, there was, we had some masked fish. No, we had those two guys, Frost and the one guy. Oh, yeah. Well, and masked fish was with them, though. He did some kind it? of, I don't remember what the name of the gimmick was, but he did some kind of, like, he had this all black mask. It's like Victor something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He talks to me all the time. I was shit. at a He'll coffee shop on uh, on a dating website. That was my gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was, all, it was all sorts of fun. More things change the more they Ron, yeah, the same. Exactly. <laughs> hey, hey it's all based in real life yeah Ron, just at a bar on a Ron caribbean app. yeah Ron caribbean yeah i just remember thribbly walking on the railroad tracks like in the snow all by himself that was great yeah we had we had high hopes for for cleveland championship wrestling yeah uh and then you know we do the first show uh, man i wish i knew what these what these matches were i think i remember my two and i think i think that eight man happened when the ring broke yeah with, yeah, yeah. With I think JT and those I, I think it was me and Romeo Vino against uh, John Rotten, Jonathan Arson, and and, and Stryker? Stryker, Mike Stryker, but I can't remember. I what can't his name remember, is. but they did Michael because because initially Elfman. for the the promos, I had done like a an evil preacher gimmick basically as yeah. their manager, and then didn't manage them. I'm pretty sure I ring announced the show instead. Okay. Or no, no. Kingdom James. No, Kingdom James was our yeah. ring announcer. That's right. I remember I wrestled Frank Stiletto. Yeah, and handsome, handsome, handsome Frank, Frank Stiletto. Stiletto. As as mentioned the last episode. Yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. oh yeah. He's got, he was... think he's got a couple mentions. Oh, uh, he's throughout been mentioned the, in the then, episodes here. Yeah. He would also show up at training periodically. Okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, and then we had the the battle royal for the the title the title shot at the end which, where it came down to me which was the gauntlet for the gold yeah it yeah. came down to me and rob lover well Tyson except Bishop. we did the the last two wrestled a singles match yeah yeah that's what i said it was we did elimination like we came out uh gauntlet style and then the last two left were me and tyson bishop or rob lover whatever to call him and then lou was the special referee and we had a straight match for about five minutes and he and threw a chair Luke. in the ring and i was going to hit him and 
Lou grabbed it from him, and I turned around, and Lou just fucking annihilated me with a chair shot. Because <laughs> it was the the whole thing was this was going to be his chosen student yeah. was was Tyson Bishop. Okay, yeah. And the crowd went completely mild. It's probably a little bit really had something to do with anything your feet about not being Lou right at training one day. <laughs> no, no, actually, Lou, no. Was, that was all set up. Dude. I was the only one that Lou never ever yelled at because I was like Lou's age, so I think he felt bad yelling at me. <laughs> He said, "I got to look up to my elders. Yeah. I can't yell the dude. I think yeah. you're older than him. It was close. I don't. I'm not sure. It was close. So that's three seven three. Yeah, I and, mean, and like there's other guys involved, like you know, disco various. Theater. Yeah, various local they were guys. All in the, they were all in the. I don't know if. Oh yeah, uh, Rob Lover wrestled Disco Fever in the first match on the show because he had he was an EFW guy that had yeah. gone off and trained with JT. Yeah, that was the very um, first match on the show. Yeah, so we had some of those guys." You had, I think the Munchies were on the show. Maybe uh, I know Virus and Unknown weren't because they asked when the because show was. They, they asked when three seven zero three would be taking John, place. John, John told them uh, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I for some reason I I know that I tagged with Romeo Vino and I think maybe uh, it's, that makes sense. You're, you're probably right. Isaac, I want to say Isaac Burton was involved. I know that John Rotten was involved because he wanted to give me suplexes. Like, was it you and? Isaac Burton? Mm. Yeah, it might have been because I think Romeo came later. Yeah, I don't think Romeo was had started at the same time. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So maybe it's me and Isaac Burton against Mike Stryker and Jonathan Arson, and then we did a battle royal. But anyway, you know, whatever. We we do this first show, and then it drew about 300 people. It drew pretty good. And then I don't know. We do. We did. We did a couple more, and we kind of got bored with being like our our plan to be on the straight and narrow and be traditional uh, indie. We we did. We did we, we did three maybe at that venue. Three yeah. We, we did, did three at the venue. We did one at Turner's. Yeah. And then we did we ran a couple at the skate park. Yeah. Chango World. At Chango World. Yeah. And that's when we kind of became disillusioned with being uh, on straight and narrow indie. And we realized this isn't nearly as fun as EFW used to be. So we came up with the grand idea to have EFW invade CCW. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, like I, I just know it went on for a couple of years because I started training at 18 and uh, CCW, my tenure with CCW concluded on my 21st birthday. That was what were the differences that you missed and you wanted to bring bring back? It just was too too C- polished. Yeah, CCW was very much typical local indie promotion. There okay. was nothing that set it apart from any of the other indies that were running in the area. Gotcha. Um. You know, and it was a lot of the same guys that you would see on some of the local indies. There was just nothing unique about it. We had to fill the card, so you know you would use some of the same people, and so yeah. then it would just kind of be like, "Oh, okay." And you run into the same issue was, "Well, I could go see this guy tonight, or I could go see this guy next week." What the hell's the difference? Were you were you trying to grab bigger names like you were doing at the end of EFW? Not so no, much there, no. Because no, we, booked, I don't think, yeah, we, booked we never booked no any names. names. This was, but your guys' attempt. And I think, like, I think that, I think that may have been predetermined. Yeah, that was like that was that so, was intentional. That we wanted to be Cleveland Championship Wrestling, all yeah. Cleveland guys. And I, I know that like we were trying to get a TV deal for like a really long time, and we had one, and then I don't remember what happened. Like we had a deal with like I think maybe Channel Forty Three or Channel Nineteen or something. And uh, then it just fell through. And then, you know, this yeah, is the third show we did. I remember we did an angle where we announced TV. It was supposed to. Well, I did an angle with Josh Prohibition. 
as I was hurt, I had blown my knee out uh, playing softball like two weeks before that. Well, and, and you were with Ray. I was with Ray. Yeah. I was with Ray. Ray had just started, and we were doing an angle with him and Josh, and we kind of set it up because it was going to be the big this big TV angle that we were doing, and then we never did anything with it. So, yeah. And and then this is you know this is also at the time I mean not for the Duke but for all of these you know like us you know we're turning you know we're we're either twenty one or getting close to twenty one so we're going out to bars or we're, I'm sneaking into bars and like you know we're we're uh, we're becoming less of wrestling guys and more of the go out guys yeah. and like you go to bars all the time you know and that's kind of started with training. We would go to bars after training and uh and then you know we're getting into fights and stuff like that and then it turns into like more of about that than the the wrestling show it was more about like i don't know we we were just like i don't want to say we were like acting like a gang or something but we were just going out and causing trouble and drinking everywhere uh and then we just stopped like really caring about putting the shows on well, and it's it lost. Like I still remember the, for the big invasion they did. We were still doing the video production, so they had the the opening CCW package, and it was very clean, polished. Here's highlights from the show, and then it went to the EFW package, cut in on it, and it was literally none of it was wrestling footage. It was these guys in Canada. It was jumping off hotel roofs into pools. Yeah, just shit like that. Like doing like. It just became more about like just fucking I don't know being weird and like you know at this time this is like when I get a like I got a DUI at this time and I was like underage after getting into a fight and like yeah I like dragged a guy with my car and like I was looking at like some serious he blames ser- wrestling for that serious yeah. trouble I, 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 well, I, mean, I know this story actually. the thrillbilly was involved so I mean there was all all the wrestling guys were out uh, you, I wasn't you might you probably left I early. wasn't no I wasn't even, even there. back then I wasn't even there I'd never been to that bar. Yeah, even well, back gone then, now. I don't know how I ended up hanging out with you guys because I wasn't out at the bars. <laughs> yeah, so like, uh, you know, that's like, it it just started becoming more about that and like uh, less about the shows. And then you know, we do this, we did this blow off cage match thing, and then uh, that's the that's the last CCW show that ever happens, which sucked because that cage was pretty fucking badass. I'm gonna throw that out there. <laughs> Which, well, and it was totally. It almost didn't happen because yeah, it was well, because measured improperly. It was measured improperly, and we had built. We got this. I mean, you know how everybody has. Anytime anybody has a. Well, I shouldn't say anytime, but 95 times out of 100, any independent show that has a steel cage match has the standard like eight foot cage with a little door that if you step on the rope you can see over top of, and it was just sucked. So we're like, we got to get this cage. So Rotten had a hookup at a fence company. I think it was him that had the hookup. He just called. He just called. Oh, did he? They had like this extra fencing laying around. So he's like, would you guys mind building us a cage? And so they build this. He's for a 16-foot ring. So they build the cage. And this cage is literally 15-foot high with a door. And I mean, it's gorgeous. It's like new fencing and everything. The problem was is they made it exactly 16. They made it for the 16-foot yeah, ring. They made it 16 feet. Didn't take into account that it had to go around the outside of the ring. Well, no, that it needed to. What happened? It should have been made like fifteen feet, so it could have fit in between the, the posts. Tur- the posts. Oh, but what? It was too big, so what we were scrambling to do it. And to uh, Chuck Solomon's credit, he was the one I think that came up with the idea of, uh, or it was either him or suicide. Well, it was him, and he had a, his various hanger-ons. 
Yeah, it was suicide, and there was another hanger-on dude that like they cut these two by fours or whatever, not two by fours, uh, like these little wooden posts with grooves in them. We set the cage in the grooves. The the things rested on the floor, and we uh, truck strapped it underneath the ring together. And it it held up. I mean, it, it held up. Including nice. people jumping off yeah. of it and getting and thrown into it. I mean, I was on the outside, kind of as like a special enforcer. Yeah. In in quotes, but in reality, my job was make sure the cage doesn't, doesn't come apart. Yeah, it doesn't fall so, on people. Anytime someone hits it, make sure you hang on to it. Uh, but, I mean, and that included uh, Mike Baker, former former AIW partial owner Mike Baker, scaling it like a gorilla at one point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, jumping off. I mean, Backstreet jumped off of it. Uh, a I think that might be out on YouTube somewhere. It is actually the it same channel that you found the it was the crazy. sexual Voltron video, I believe. Oh, uh, also has that match. Yeah, there's some stuff out. There. I I think I I used to have a copy of it. I don't know if I do anymore. Yeah, it was but. it was pretty crazy. And then the problem that I always had with the CCW shows is that they would always do this ridiculously dumb match at the end. Uh huh. And I was never. You would in lose. It. Oh, you I was never even... in it. No, he was so never you weren't even main eventing CCW. Is that what you're saying? No. Uh, but I will say to his credit, the email PC lover was jacked as fuck at this time. <laughs> <laughs> I was in really, really good shape. That's very true. Um, and uh, I always had to take the ring down and put it away like myself. Because, because everybody else everyone was, else was so dead from the hardcore match they just had. <laughs> They're all laying on the ground going, ah, I'm not helping, I'm not helping. I'm like, come on, help me out here. And I'm dragging this whole fucking thing back on a cart three miles at Chango World. You know, to because put you it had away to weave the, through the Chango yeah. World was, a, was an indoor skate park. Okay. So we literally, the ring was set up between like a huge quarter pipe yeah. and the wall. So you had yeah, to come was, back through all of the, the ramps. It's around the, the skate park to just, get out the door. Because I had because we couldn't leave until it was down, and, and we always ran shows on fucking Sunday, and I was the only one who had to get up for work in the morning because I wrestled with a bunch of degenerates who didn't have jobs. <laughs> well, they were so, also young 20-somethings. And they're all like laying around going, oh, I'm so tired. Oh, I'm bleeding. Uh, so I'm like taking the thing down myself. <laughs> so CCW's the only time I ever went to the hospital. I had to go to the hospital after a CCW show. So CCW was kind of more... I guess a big party. It sounds like instead of just once, the fact that you once wanted EFW to be... was reintroduced, it was okay. That's a, CCW was a very boring local. Yeah, the, perfe- the professional element withered a little bit once EFW was reintroduced. The professional element disappeared. Well, I mean, but behind the scenes, it was more of a party. It was yeah. all about the. Party. I mean, how much? How much further did this continue on when once you reintroduce EFW with CC? I mean, it, it falls it like it, two shows. It I falls think. apart probably two three probably first show at Chango World. I think the first four well, we did. There was one. To, there were at least two because there was the angle to set it up. Yeah, the one at the the one the three at the at, at the VFW Hall. The Ford were all were straight all ahead. Straight. Yes, the one at Turner's was straight. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, it was and the, then first the first Chango one at World. Chango World. I think was, was the, the one the introduction, the, cage match. the reintroduction. No, no, that was no. The, that's when uh, Shock Solomon. Yeah, we had a couple uh, of Ch- at Chango World invaded okay. on me and hit me so hard in the back with a chair. He put like a four inch long bruise all the way across my back. For literally no reason other than just for being I let trained. Him do it. For being trained, we really didn't know how to use weapons because I remember leaving welts on the face of the Vino brothers because I wow. I swung a cane like a baseball bat at him. Mm. Yeah, yeah well, he knew life. what he was doing. He did it on purpose. But well, I, I did tell them afterwards that it was no, because not you. I'm talking about oh shocks on. I I gave him my back and let him do it, and he just waffled me, and I was just like, oh okay, that's cool. So where do you go from here? 
Well, from here, I mean, I guess, you know. I can't tell that story because I don't know. Well, uh, I guess you we'll kind ha- of know. We'll have to probably really. We'll probably have to wrap it up here because we're getting a little long right here. And we'll have to we'll have to end. We'll have to go into part three of the uh, AIW origin story uh, next week as we'll finally get into the how AIW is formed and what happens from here. Is this the uh, do we get into the split is what everyone's going to maybe want to know. Well, yeah, that's well, I that, mean, that's the that's the story. The yeah, first split. There you go. Well, the first split. Yeah, the first. Which split. I don't. I like. I said I don't really know. I just kind of was a. I got sucked up in the waves. Oh, we'll so have you on next week. We'll keep you going. Well, yeah, I, I, it's fine. I'm not going nowhere. But you know, well, tune in uh, next week. Then, uh, as you've already heard, we'll be back with the email PC lover, and Mortimer will be here, and I don't. I don't know what your sexual Voltron. Oh, my name in CCW was Seamus O'Reilly. Oh, you were Seamus O'Reilly. And he, had, and he had pants that never fit him. Oh, man. He had pleather pants that never fit no, him. No, I had crushed velvet pants. Oh, crushed velvet pants. In honor of Chris Chetty. And they and he all he did is every match he had was pull him up. That's all he did. <laughs> well, I don't have a butt, man. They just slide right down. <laughs> wow. Well, more from all of them uh, next week. And the story that leads up to AIW eventually, as you know it now, uh, for... Well, not as we know it now, but as it gets closer. Eventually, as we get closer, yes. So for PC Lover, Seamus, and Mortimer, uh, my name's Steve Guy. We'll talk to you guys next week on AIW's The Card is Going to Change. And hopefully people aren't bored by this history class.